price drop? Time to shop. Get to a Nordstrom Rack store today for first dibs on new markdowns. Now score even more, up to 70% off brands everyone loves at Nordstrom Rack. Denim, dresses, sneakers, tops, and more. Plus, get genius deals on jackets, sweaters, and boots for the whole family. Shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and save up to 70% with new markdowns. But hurry, deals this great won't last. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. A roast as dark as the night. Perfect for fueling the cryptid research and mad ravings required for your podcasting. Don't mind the red eyes. He's just trying to warn you of the bridge. The bridge. Finally, from the caffeine-addled brains of spring Jack Coffee and last podcast on the left, we bring you Mothman's Red Eye Blend. Yes, delicious Panama beans. Go to lastpodcastmerch.com to order yours today. <laughs> Hey, it's me, video game Jesus Kirito. And that's right, I'm godlike, baby. Woo! Oh, yeah, I'll just hack it. I'll just hack it if it's got a problem. Yeah, dude, you wanted me to download a girl? I'll download a girl. Fucking fuck your ass up with my golden sword, bro. Get get wrecked, Jake. Uh, I'm, an, I'm a bruiser. And I'm Yui. <laughs> I'm your computer daughter. Daddy, mommy. I was, I was in the computer, and then you saved me through reasons that are... Uh, it causes a lot of arguments on the internet, but now I'm here, and I'm in the other game. I wish I could see you in the flesh universe, but I'm just your computer daughter, daddy. Wizard. I'm a. I'm one of the most longest-running characters in the show, Wizard Jake. <laughs> and pew, 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 pew. Divisive topic episode. It's, it's, it's divisive topic episode. Holden, oh. what are you talking about? This uh, Sword Art <laughs> Online is one of the most popular, uh, terrible, uh, well-written, uh, overhyped, misunderstood, uh, <laughs> I'm quality, so scared right now. Stop, hack, I'm scared. Genius, <laughs> terrible, great animes that uh, the world has ever seen and has almost defined uh, anime culture on the internet since its premiere in 2012. Bro, what did you get me into, son? I just wanted to do a fun The Anime episode, and now all of a sudden there's people coming after me, there's people coming after you. <laughs> I've had, I, I, I just walking down the street, I ran into four anime avatar uh, uh, profile pictures, that, and they all told me to get fucked because I might have something bad to say about this show. I'm scared, Jake. I mean, it was weird. It was very weird that I was. Uh, I went to 7-Eleven to get some soda because I just needed a, a quick di- uh, Diet Mountain Dew fix. And then an old man saw me, dropped all of his groceries, pointed <laughs> at me, and just said, 
Asuna wasn't damseled. Asuna <laughs> wasn't damseled. And he wouldn't stop screaming it till I left the room. I would liken what's been going on with me in the real world whilst researching this past week to the film JFK and <laughs> the main character of that film, the lawyer who was trying to expose, you know, who was actually behind the assassination and all the things that happened during, you know, the course of that movie of wiretapped phones and, you know, getting, you know, threats to my family. You know what I mean? It's been just an, I, it actually hasn't been like that. And I don't, and I hope that we do the show justice and all you people out there who are listening to this and you're worried we're going to like deride your show or like be snippy and shitty about it. Look, we're going to have to talk about the critiques for sure, but I'm also just going to say, dude, Hey, I, my hands are clean, bro. I'm, I'm cool. I'm in the middle. I'm right in the middle, bro. I, I'm hearing the negativity. I'm seeing what makes it great. And I, I'm, I'm just kind of, I'm just in the middle of it all. I'm like the, I'm this child in the between the parents during the divorce. Mm. You know what I mean? Just remember that about me. I'm like innocent. He's just you know a little I mean? baby. He's just I'm a little, little baby. baby. I'm wearing a diaper. I'm a little baby. I wee weed in my diaper and I'm just a blessed. Well, I was gonna baby. yell at him, but now that I find out he's a little ba- uh, he's a little baby who wee weed in his diaper, that would be mean. You wouldn't yell at a widow baby about Sword Art Online. <laughs> widow baby doesn't know. He like he just likes anime and he wee weed all over himself and he plays with the wee weed. Everyone goes, oh, how look how cute his hands are covered in his own urine. So please do not come after me, bro. You know, but we do have to talk about how the show weirdly leads on sexual assault a little bit. Okay, it's, and that's okay. just fine. And they're sister fucking. They're sister fucking. Who knows? Who cares? You so know here's, I mean? he, Holden, here's my thesis statement. Here is my, because <laughs> I've been thinking about this. I've been thinking about this a lot. And I think and if I, if this flies off the rails, please reel me in. But the divisiveness of Sword Art Online, I think, comes down to like older weebs and younger weebs mm-hmm. in terms of like different culture, uh, uh, not cultures, uh, what's it, generational uh, cohorts, I guess. Because <laughs> this came out in the 2010s, and the 2010s was a fantastic time for anime. It was a huge renaissance, a huge bump in popularity. There were shows like uh, Puella M- uh, Madoka Magica. Uh, Love it. Attack Nay. on Titan. One Punch fantastic. Man. Awesome. Uh, uh, Yuri on Ice. Uh, all these like huge crossover hits with great animation that were uh, kind of making anime a more... Uh, Open and acceptable pastime. Making anime great again. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And for older weebs, that is always what you want. You just are, you're aching for shows that you can show uh, your friends, that you can show your loved ones, that doesn't reflect badly on you, that you can like enjoy. But that's not to say that you didn't grow up watching tropey, uh, action-y anime with uh, protagonists that are like kind of blank slate uh, power fantasy impressions. Yeah. Uh, where, like, you know, it's for you know, for all the criticisms that uh, Sword Art Anime, uh, wow, Sword Art Online got, ninety percent of those people making those judgments are people that grew up going to Suncoast Video and watching like Ninja Titty Megumi goes to Stab Fuck Town. Like, <laughs> hey, come on, that that has some really good plot elements in there. Honestly, the Megumi's character covered, arc, yeah, yeah, dog monster was fantastic, and I love the part where yeah, there was the giant, the bed, mm. the size of the world that everyone laid on and had fun on. So uh, I but see, if I you see it. Grew up watching Sword Art and uh, online. 
on Crunchyroll with your like with the uh, gift card you got for your birthday or on Toonami when you got home from school and you loved it because I will say the first arc, the Ein card, Ein card, I don't know how to say it, arc is incredible. It's like uh, we'll, we'll get into it, but it has so many fascinating narrative elements and it really does a lot of things really well that um, it, you can make it your first anime and it'll be great. And even the stuff that like older anime fans roll their eyes at, stuff like the uh, Emoto little sister lovey-dovey stuff, stuff like the uh, you know sexual assaulty scenes, stuff like the fan service, stuff like the harem stuff. You know, you'll roll your eyes at because as soon as that happens, you're like, well, can't watch this. Like th- this is this is not going to uh, elevate the art form in the eyes right, of my judgmental it, circle of friends. I almost look at it as like the uh, watch it with Marie effect. Yeah. What, right. Like like you want to you just want it. You root for it so hard. But at the end of the day, when you have like a foil person on the couch. Yeah. To just really uh, not, you, they don't even have to say anything, too. You're just sitting there watching it, and you just know that this is like, oh, I wish that this one scene could disappear right now so we could enjoy the shit out of this show. I was doing research uh, a couple of days ago. Uh, like, I had a, an episode from season two on. I had our notes from our, our researcher, Sean Aitchison. Hey. Shout out to him. Thank you, Sean. Uh, Sean ate your son on uh, Twitter. Look him up, hire him. He's a great guy. And she's like, what's like, what's going on? I'm like, ah, there's just all this like weird fan servicey stuff that like I, you know, an anime that I watched all the time. And now I'm just kind of like groaning it. And she was like, like what? And I literally was like, hold on, let me check. And I just like scrubbed the timeline. And there was a shot of the teenage little sister character in underwear. And like they gave her boobs like a bouncy animation. I'm like, like that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's undeniable that it's in there. And so I think the debate really comes down to, you know, whether or not that affects your, how much that affects your viewing experience. And I think some people, especially when it's their first love anime, I think are more able to tolerate it because it was like their first fuck yeah anime. And there's so many undeniably really fun things about it. Real quick, Jake, before we go on. Wait, wait, because uh, it let is, me, I'm, I'm wrapping up this whole thing because okay. I seem like I'm a very anti-person right now. <laughs> I just want to tell them what the show is. Yeah, yeah, soon, yeah. So. I, but my, I, my <laughs> thesis, Holden, my beautiful, right. grand, my idea baby needs to be born wait, into no, this it. world, Holden. All right, it's an anime show. We'll tell you what it is about in just a second, but just go on, Jake. So if you like this show and all of a sudden all these memes come out about it where it's like, ah, isn't that the show with the sister fucking? Isn't that the show with the shitty main character? Isn't that the show with the deus ex machina? All these things that just get repeated and spread online. And you're like, well, no, not that they're technically this. It's a tragedy that the sister loves her brother and they never like do anything with it. That's like uh, you're dead. That didn't happen. Or like, no, Kirito actually has PTSD and he's driven by several factors. And like, he's not just a blank slate. Like the, the you you get beaten over the head with criticisms that you don't think are true. It almost creates a counterforce that makes you defend the show even more adamantly. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then once you have those two forces at work, Congratulations! There's an you have created an anime that people have been arguing about for ten years on the internet. Totally thesis over, and I'm here to try to break it down while at the same time not being a part of that discussion for the past <laughs> several years. Holden, you so can't be in come that. Come at me, dude! You can't be in the discussion. You're a little. You're a little baby. How did you? How do you even get on? I'm the computer? a little baby, and I have a daughter that loves me. Okay, so please <laughs> do not attempt. 
to sort of JFK lawyer me uh, <laughs> uh, through the course of this episode. Uh, so for any of you who have no idea what we're talking about, we're now that we're 10 minutes into the episode, let me tell you what By the show is. By our standards, that is fine. We are like, that's pretty relatively quick for getting into the show. It is Jumanji, the anime. It is Ready Player One, the anime. It is an anime television show, Sword Art Online. Started airing in 2012, and it is based on a Japanese light novel series written by Reiki Kawahara and illustrated by Abek. The series revolves around the protagonist, Girito uh, Giragawa and Asuna Yuki after they get trapped in a virtual reality MMORPG world. So they have VR headsets, but if they take them off, they die. If you die in the game, you die in real life. And then and and they're in this really cool like fantasy MMORPG, which was uh, it's, it probably seems like something that's old hat at this point, but back in 2012 especially, it was still a bit of a novel concept and really good fodder for any kind of series, much less an anime series. I love that they actually explain specifically Specifically, how you die for real, which is uh, the uh, helmet that you're connected to, the nerve gear, has a Wi-Fi radio transmitter in it. And if you die in the game, a code signals to the helmet to blast your brain with microwave radiation boiling your skull from the inside. <laughs> That's pretty great. Yeah, I do like they explain that they do go into more detail on, you know, it's as as the series go on goes on, they actually move all of these people with these helmets on uh, into like um, you know a hospital and and actually get into what's going on with them in the real world while they are trapped in this virtual reality world. And and also, what's interesting is like the 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 way for them to get out is for one person to finally beat the game. There's a hundred floors in order to do so, and one would think, oh. So that's the whole show. They're going to start on floor one and, you know, and you're going to watch them make their way all the way. But actually, the the show, as it goes on, goes way past what that starting point and the that show, basic concept. It jumps forward. Even the original light novel jumps forward. They, there's several time skips to the point where uh, the characters have been in the game for several years and they get into the psychology of, like, do the kids... Like that we're playing the game, like what happens to them? Do people have to take care of those kids? Is there, uh, you know, there's individual guilds fighting for, to be the ones that actually make it through. Uh, uh, there's like racketeering things where people are like, well, we're never getting out of here. So let's start doing crimes. There's like kill, psycho killers, the laugh, the smiling coffin gang yeah. that are just... That just like oh good sweet. gang names by the way. It's good gang names in good. this fuck. The Knights of Blood. The Knights of Blood, dude. Rock and roll. Yeah, dude. Knights of Blood. I'm, I'm seeing them. They're doing a festival uh, in Vegas. I think I'm going to see them uh, in a couple months. So we'll 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 try to get down on that. Um, yeah, but yeah, they get into how uh, there's a society that has formed among the surviving players in this game because they've just yeah. been there for so long. Some people just give up. There's an old man that's like, well, I just played this as a lark and I didn't think I'd be stuck here. So I just I just fish. Uh, if someone beats the game, yeah. so be it. I'm just going to be fishing. Whatever. Which is what would happen. I mean, come on. You're over there. You're. St- I feel like you are trapped in RuneScape currently ever since we did that episode, and you're doing the exact same thing. Jake. I mean, if people get stuck in Sword Art Online, <laughs> there's going to be one guy that is like, uh, all right. I'm not going to help anybody escape, but if you need firewood, I have spent the past 8,000 hours chopping trees. 
<laughs> just huge arms by that point, and everything else is very tiny. Uh, all right, let's get into it. You know, in order to talk about Sword Art Online, we have to talk about the creator, the game master, if you will, mm. uh, Reiki uh, Kawahara. Uh, Reiki Kawahara is actually a pin name. His real name is unknown. He's one of those shy boys uh, that we cover when uh, it comes to mangakas, and in this case, light novelakas. Do they have a name as well, uh, or are they just authors? I think I light think. novel authors, but uh, the yeah. world of light novels is a fascinating thing. Uh, it kind of grew naturally from pulp fiction and like serialized, uh, you know, literature magazines, usually genre yeah. fiction. Back in the 1970s is actually kind of where it started. And it was it was uh, those pulp fiction magazines started just incorporating illustrations at the beginning of each story in order to just kind of draw the draw the eye towards them and uh, this evolved slowly over time into being these separate works that just are really novelizations that are just accompanied by illustrations. So it's like not quite a novel, not quite a manga. It's just somewhere in between a light novel for young adults specifically. But it blew up in the 2000s with the melancholy of Haruhi uh, Suzumiya, which was a huge anime hit. And it kind of created this uh, creator boom as uh, all of a sudden... You know, you didn't, if you had a story in your heart, you didn't have to find an artist to draw your manga for you. If you had a story to tell, you know, you weren't limited by having to trick a video game production company or an anime production studio or even uh, learning to draw yourself. You could write these stories online and uh, it would find an audience and maybe even make you a millionaire. And it became this very vibrant scene full of people that uh, otherwise maybe wouldn't have uh, gotten into the fiction industry. And it became, uh, you know, there were trends. Uh, there's, you know, all these different uh, uh, metas that appeared in this universe. But it became alongside manga and anime and all these other uh, geeky pastimes. Light novels became a huge uh, tentpole within the Japanese entertainment industry. So uh, let's jump back to a young Kawahara. Kawahara said, I've always liked creating stories since I was young. The initial profession that I wanted to strive to become was a game scenario or story writer. However, Ironic. that dream never came to be. I know, right? So at some point, I became a writer. He, he had a big influence from Stephen King. Uh, he says he's always would like to uh, try a horror story at some point in his career. For college, he ends up going to Aoyama uh, Gakuin University. I'm sure I nailed the pronunciation of that one, where he joined the Manga Studies Club. So game writing, yes, but also working in the manga field uh, for funsies. With other classmates, he would read and study manga to the point that he uh, wrote and drew his own works. But also, after they were done with their club stuff, they would go to the local arcade and especially loved playing fighting games together. This would be the basis for his first officially published work, Excel World, which we will get into later. Not quite yet. While at school, he was more intent, like we said, on writing for video games. Kawahara said, when I was a student in school, I definitely still wanted to be a game writer, but there was a big hurdle that I could not overcome. In order to become a game writer, you had to have worked for a gaming company, and getting hired at a gaming company was an extremely high wall that I was unable to climb over. So I found myself becoming a writer. This was in my 20s after being a student. 
So he's got a ton of influences going into his first work, which would actually be Sword Art Online before he gets to Excel World. The the timeline is really interesting. He sort of he, cre- he works on one, but in kind of the underground, and then he jumps to this published work, which gets him Sword Art Online gets over. We'll we'll get into more detail on that in just a second. But either way, Kawahara himself, he's a gamer, and one of the early games he loves is a game called Wizardry. This was released back in 1981. He was in elementary school or middle school or so, uh, those kind those years. Do you know how often Wizardry comes up in these episodes, Holden? Yeah, totally, Do you totally, know totally. every single thing? It's like that- Dune 2. It's like, uh, you know, it's one of those. And, and it's so rudimentary. I looked up gameplay of it and like, my head hurt just like watching it. First of all, the person who is playing it, it it's one of those early FPS games. Like if you ever looked up like um, the first Shin Megami Tensei game. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, one of those maze slideshow deals. It's a maze, but it's so basic. It's just like simple lines giving the illusion that you're walking down hallways. And um, I, the one I saw, it was also the kind of game you'd essentially have to have graph paper out and map Ugh. it yourself. This person had a com- computer program that was essentially like look, like looked like a just a giant grid like an excel spreadsheet that would map it for him as he played so you would get a sense of where you're at at all seemed pretty baffling for an you know an early game but uh, also was a huge influence on uh you know games that would come after it uh rpgs like you know their first final fantasy the first dragon quest uh it, but it was very very rudimentary Jump to after college, Kawahara gets way into MMORPGs, massive multiplayer online role playing games. We're talking Ultima Online. We're talking Ragnarok Online. We're talking, of course, Fantasy Star Online. And especially, he d- he loved, just like so many people of that time, World of World Warcraft. Since at the time, these games were attributed to no, kids uh, dropping no out of escape, school. Huh? No RuneScape? No RuneScape. He said, he said, fuck chopping wood. Uh, I have the quote here. Fuck chopping wood. <laughs> oh my fuck God. dudes with beards. Fuck dudes with beards that wear a certain type of hat. Fuck guys named Jake. Wow. I know. Maybe that's why you're weird about Fantasy Star Online, Jake. And yeah, that's right. I'm calling you out. I'm the widow baby, but you're weird about the show. If you have a DM about what we say in this episode, you need to send it to Jake Young and you need I to just, I didn't have a Dreamcast. I didn't know. I couldn't I couldn't play it. I didn't have a Dreamcast. I'm covered in urine, Jake. <laughs> I cannot be held responsible. God damn it. It's, it's airtight. I can't. <laughs> He's, yeah, we can't touch him. Uh, so since so these games did have a bad rap, and I kind of remember this, and especially that makes sense in Japan. You know, World of Warcraft, it was like the scourge of the youth, like you know, kids like uh, l- losing their lives to these games. And you know, I remember even in America, you know, the primetime special, like like the the allure, the new addiction for the youth is like this, you know, b- video game that has a monthly subscription that like they stop working they stop going to school they only play the game uh so he really wanted to i think it's funny to think about when you think about like what goes on in sword art online but he wanted to essentially give these games like a more positive light he wanted to make them cooler and less like uh having of a bad stigma for the general population that is another reason why sword art is a uh, beloved anime is because uh, a lot of the story goes into the positive aspects of mmorpg gameplay the stakes are obviously higher 
but the uh, feeling of responsibility you have for your party mates, the feeling of community, the feeling of getting to express yourself and achieve things in uh, as your true self in a way without the limitations of the physical world. It's a very compelling and refreshing take, especially, as you said, in those early years where, you know, uh, a kid in Korea died because he gamed too hard. Don't actually look into statistics if, like, the player base is actually millions of people. How many people just statistically would die within that time frame, <laughs> within that uh, sample group? That's not important. The point is, the game killed him. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, We've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. So as for manga, he drew a lot of inspiration from both Those Who Hunt Elves and uh, Tokyo Shadow. The former, uh, Those Who Hunt Elves, is about folks being transported to a magical world where they have to hunt spell fragments attached to elves in order to return home. So obvious influence there. The last one, not so much. The latter, uh, Tokyo Shadow, is about strange events occurring in the Tokyo neighborhood Shibuya after a red lightning bolt runs over the city. Though I will say, um, later arcs do add this layer of mystery. It's it almost gets like detective story-ish um, in, in later arcs of the series. So maybe there's a little bit more influence from Tokyo Shadow in that. But the other big factoid here is that both of these works were published by MediaWorks Inc. And this is actually where uh, Kawahara would take place in his first writing contests. So even though really the publisher is almost the bigger um, game changer for Kawahara. Uh, so at some point during or after college, Kawahara decided to step away from the drawing in his storytelling. And it's around here that he goes, maybe I should try light novels. We, of course, already covered essentially how they came more into popularity generally around this time. The first light novel he writes uh, was created in order to enter the ninth Dengeki Novel Prize, a competition, as I stated before, held by MediaWorks, Inc., uh, and this was actually called Sword Art Online. He wrote it in 2001 and 2002. Uh, however, it is rejected, but the reason it's rejected is kind of goofy. It surpassed the 120-page limit, uh, and he refused to shorten it, which I think kind of goes to show for his basic artistic integrity at this time. He, I mean, that's kind of wild. Like, such an amateur would say, yeah, no, I, I stand by this work. And uh, to, to a fault, he needs an editor. He's, he's a creator without an editor. And as we know, especially in Japan, it's um, no, you want to find that perfect balance between uh, the uh, mangaka or author and editor. And so he's yet to find that. Kawahara said, 
I was able to make the virtual world of Sword Art Online by studying various various Western sci-fi novelists and movies in the United States that featured virtual reality. Learning from those, I was able to incorporate a lot of what I experienced into my world. The founding roots of Sword Art Online came from James P. Hogan's novel Real-Time Interrupt about a character being trapped in a virtual reality world. So, Real-Time Interrupt. This is a 1995 sci-fi novel. It's a man uh, who wakes up in a hospital with no memory and slowly recalls that he he was the director of a virtual reality project and realizes that he is in that virtual reality, which is really cool. I kind of want to read that. Mm. So he just started with the thought uh, experiment of uh, if they were to get trapped inside something like an MMORPG and couldn't get out, what would all those players do? It just starts with that one idea. And what's interesting is that this is one of, if not the earliest instances of a stuck-in-the-game story specifically set in an MMORPG that involved an entire player base. Now I know what you're saying right now, person that's going to probably hunt me in an alley and attempt to cut me with a poisoned blade. I'm a baby. Why would you do that to a baby? Uh, Dot hack existed um, right before. uh, I was going to say Tron, man. As as (laughs) soon as there were video games, uh, people were like, what if you, what if the video game was, was, was like real. Right. And Tron was made when like, you know, people were playing pong. So like, but dot hack at least is specifically more set in an MMORPG, correct? Yeah, and I think that's why a lot of people. But if you look at the timeline, the inception of Sword Art Online uh, uh, as a light novel created for this contest in 2001 actually technically may predate dot hack. So interesting little tidbit there. I think the misconception is that that was definitely um, the first one. But uh, he was ahead of the game, and that's one of the most interesting things about him. And we'll even see that in later arcs, or I guess it's really the film, when he introduces an uh, augmented reality uh, element into into the story, which uh, was kind of right around the time of Pokemon Go's massive explosion in popularity. He's sort of interestingly ahead of the game on a lot, uh, uh, pun intended, on a lot of um, these these concepts that would become actually popular in the real world. I mean, the uh, mm-hmm. in tw- when the anime premiered in 2012, people ha- there was like a little bit of a death game fever going on in the world. There was uh, the rise of the Hunger Games was happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, shows like uh, Game of Thrones and Walking Dead all were like kind of making waves with the idea that like no character is safe, like characters can drop at the drop of a hat god damn my brain lady gaga released that hit song death game fever yes. uh, which everybody loved ra ra death game fever ra ra death game That's fever we're like it sounds like that other song <laughs> sounds like bad romance you're just kind of doing death, you know what i mean and she was just like i don't know what you mean ra 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 i was like why are you singing in your response in the interview that doesn't make any sense uh anyways then she got got it you know became a movie star and all that mm. and, uh you know but uh <laughs> Enough about Lady Gaga. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get back into it. So, so Sword Art Online goes online is this next uh, segment in my notes here because Kawahara, instead of um, shortening his light novel for the competition, decides to self-publish on his own website, which is called Word Gear, under a different pen name, Fumio Kunori, uh, initially. Kawahara is a later pen name, so we'll get there. Kawahara said, since I had neither the skill nor the will to trim this down to fit the cut line, 
I kneeled facing the wall and muttered, I don't care anymore. But because of my weak personality, I couldn't erase the whole manuscript and simply thought, why don't I post this up on the internet then? I made a website that fall. Luckily, I was able to receive good responses from a lot of people. With this as my motivation, I kept on going with the series. I wrote a sequel, a side story, and then another sequel. I carried on like this, and before I knew it, six years had already passed. Pretty amazing stuff, and really such a sign of the times. I mean, look at us, even. You know, I found I had a very hard time uh, working my way in the industry uh, and dealing with like the powers that be. And so just start, we all just started creating our own work online. And it really has changed everything for artists uh, all over the world in every different facet. And it's amazing to see that it worked out for I, Kawahara. It's here. not the uh, it's not the same, obviously, but we are reaching a stage where uh, just the accessibility of publishing online uh, opens up the, uh, the the stories that people can come across and fill niches and like find an audience that traditional media just uh, was ill-equipped to find. The, you know, one of the biggest literary hits, literary, dear God, uh, book hits of the past 20 years was Fifty Shades of Grey, and that started as a Twilight fan fiction. Yeah, wild. So yeah, as soon as you open the gates to just let more people uh, write, all of a sudden, like the amount of stories that can be told and the amount of stories that can find audiences explodes. Rah, rah, death game fever. <laughs> uh, so the basic premise is the same. Kirito and 10,000 others are trapped in a virtual reality game. A creator appears, letting them know they will die if their character dies or if they try and remove the VR helmet and can only be freed if someone can complete the game. The work proves to be popular enough with folks that Kawahara writes a couple of sequels over the span of six years just for funsies. His day job was actually in publishing. So he was still maybe learning some ropes there as well, um, you know, kind of on the side. So volume one, since it was written for the contest, did include the game. Uh, spoilers. Should we say spoilers? Should I even should I even talk about this? Uh, the new season of the anime is coming out as we speak. So I'm just going to assume that our main characters do not die from having their yes. brains microwave. Yes. So uh, it does include the game being beaten in the end. Volume two was Kawahara wanting to write from the perspective of an ordinary mid-level player who shared the same feeling of admiration for those high-ranking players. Volume 3 and 4 are controversial because Asuna, who is depicted as badass and powerful, that is his, that is um, Kiriko's, uh, you know, badass partner. Okay. All right. Late All right. Swordsman Lady. This is, by the way, we're getting now, me mentioning this uh, arc is we're getting into one of the first e big I feel like even fans of the, of the series will admit that the fairy dance arc is a little weak. But it basically, I think a lot of the ire comes from the fact that Asuna, uh, Asuna Yuki, was a very refreshing romantic interest in yeah. an anime, specifically because by episode 10, Kirito and her are together. They are married in game. They have a genuine couple relationship. Uh, they have an adopted computer baby together. He's 16, but go on. No, but it's, it's uh, <laughs> but they've been in the game for so long. They've seen so many mm -hmm. things. Yada, yada, yada. And the whole time, he trusts Asuna. Asuna trusts him. They fight together. They are an unbeatable team. And, and she's cool as shit, by the way. I mean, yeah. just based on what I've seen, I really like her character. She's really fun to watch. And I love, I just love that she's a total badass. And so I think a th something that the uh, fans really liked about the series was that relationship and how it really was completely different than the kind of will they, won't they 
you know, uh, oh, he's been he's in love with someone else or, oh, he has a harem and they're all competing for his attention. Like, no, no, no. I'm Kirito. This is my number one bad bitch, Asuna Yuki. And together we'll fuck shit up. That's like that's a really great angle. And then in the fairy dance arc, she is kept in a literal birdcage by this pervy weirdo. And it just feels bad. It just feels bad. And it's just not what you want. And however, the intention is good. Kawahara just felt like they they as a team were a bit OP, uh, which is a, another controversy we'll get into later. Just general OP-ness. Yep. General op Fight <laughs> right. Fire on the left uh, flank. It's OP. me, general op <laughs> All right. Please. I hey, fought please. in all the Irish wars. Stop bringing it. My father to my was camp. an opinus. My grandfather was an opinus. You can't <laughs> think a war without general opinus. <laughs> all right, please, Jake. Not... Well, it's been a while since we've had a hilarious character on the show. <laughs> general opinus. Uh, uh, but regardless, Faith uh, and Bagora Holden, ah. we're trapped in the golf darn video game. Ah. God help us, everyone. <laughs> you know, maybe don't become a Patreon member. Maybe this should be stopped. <laughs> maybe this should be, maybe people should actually try to stop us. Uh, Kirito, uh, he wanted Kirito to fight on his own. He wanted to, he wanted to like s- switch it up, mix it up. And that was the intention, but it was just maybe not a great uh, mode of transportation to get to that uh, intention. Still, he has come to regret this choice as well. In caging her, he said, I do have some regrets about putting her in this situation in order to build up the sense of danger for Kirito's adventure in the fairy dance arc. As recompense internally, I made a story as a follow-up called Mother's Rosario, where Asuna was the main character. And that was one of the side stories. But that Was that one of the progr- uh, pro- progressives or whatever? Progressive he... is a retelling. I think Ro- Mother's yeah. Rosario is just a side story. She befriends a uh, terminally ill gamer girl and she helps her like achieve her dreams and they form a friendship and it's uh she has i think she has blue hair in that one for some reason uh mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh and another criticism is with kirito himself being too op which uh too overpowered which probably has to do with kawahara's feeling about his own gameplay being subpar and wanting to create a character who is amazing in MMORPGs. He did, however, give one element to Kirito's playstyle. Uh, Kawahara said, I don't tend to put myself into my characters, but if I had to say there was a point of similarity between Kirito and myself, it is in fact that neither of us are good at forming parties. We tend to play solo in these games a lot, and uh, so definitely that was a big part of his character they had to explore and try to, you know... Uh, get him to evolve past the third arc phantom bullet puts kirito in a detective story trying to uncover the mystery surrounding the death of someone in an fps game called gun gale online ggo if you see that uh little um god what's abbreviation uh that's what that means gun gale online uh and alicization arc uh the one that follows it which is the one Alicization. Like uh, Alice in Wonderland, because there's like a little blonde girl Ah, who's dressed like Alice in Wonderland. The Alicization arc uh, that follows it had Kirito recruited to test experimental AI hardware and software for an organization under the Ministry of Defense. All this to say, uh, people got re-hype about the Alicization arc and kind of, there was definitely, it definitely... And at least you can admit maybe person who wants to stab me with a poison knife, even though I'm a baby covered in piss. <laughs> at least at least you can uh, say, you like, know, hey. You know he's going to lick the knife menacingly uh, before he does of it. Of course. And then he'll die because he's covered in poison. 
Uh, which would be great. I'd be like, I'm just a baby. Wow, wow, you idiot. You know what I mean? And I'll piss on it. You're going to get weird fan art from this episode. I can already tell. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. General Penis is going to be fucking huge. <laughs> Uh, huge on the uh, on the Instagram fan art pages, um, but yeah, at least all this to say, you know, it has its ups and it has its downs. And I, but I do think a people have been really really hype about this newest the Alicization stuff. Um, there's still like you know people are still down and coming back, and it's it definitely starts really strong. It has its bumps in the road, but it it and it goes on and on and on. And on top of that. He has no intention of stopping. He is just like he he wants to just keep doing this for for another decade even. And so there's way more. I mean, it's it's really good fodder for a lot of different stories to tell. And I think that is interesting as opposed to it just being we're on floor one. You're going to watch them fight all the way to floor 100. And that's the whole thing. And we're just going to keep. Well, if Alicization has a lot of that, but whatever Um, the uh, I think. So there's a lot of things about this that, uh, you know, is it, there are highs and there are lows, but the uh, yeah, God, the thing about that original story, that original arc with the death game is that it uh, it really does feel like this incredible universe. And Kirito, as this dark loner, uh, walks through it like a, almost a Humphrey Bogart character or like Geralt of Rivia. He sees, he helps people with their problems. He uncovers corruption. He gets to like the heart of the uh, human condition while exploring all these like uh, incredible landscapes and worlds and fighting all these different monsters and meeting all these people. From episode to episode, it can be like a quaint little meet cute story with like a cute shopkeeper, uh, blacksmith girl. There can be a two-part murder mystery where, like, they try and figure out how someone can die in the game, but not from getting their brain microwave. Uh, There's uh, domestic scenes with uh, him and Asuna. It really feels like this incredibly versatile uh, world. And then uh, the main villains just end up taking up all this oxygen in the room where, like, it's either this weird naked lady who's like seducing uh, a little teenage boy character. There's so many scenes with sexual assault to kind of in the way that, again, if you are a fan, you're like, no, they're bad guys. Like it's supposed to be motivation for the character to like take them down. But if you're a old anime head, you're like, yeah, but like I've seen that before and it feels cheap and it makes me uncomfortable. Like, can't you have them just kick up? cat or something like <laughs> yeah can't have explode a dog especially when on. it's like is like lovingly animated by i'm sure extremely horny uh artists uh even something like kirito's opinus is uh the fact that you know the same people complaining about that probably never complain about goku or naruto because they just accept it because in their first animes it's fun to have an unbeatable super dude as the main character, because you want to feel like an unbeatable super dude. Yeah. And if someone wants their unbeatable super dude to be Kirito, the dual wielding black swordsman, I can't, I'm not going to like take a, take that away. That's just. And then also it's a game, so it can be fully manipulated. But I think maybe that's what takes a little bit of the wind out of people's sails at times, you know, because it is a game that can be hacked or can be deus ex machina really easily. Uh, I think a part of it is that like from day one, Kirito is like history's greatest badass. So you never get to see him 
when he's like, uh, I'm sure in a side story, please don't yell at me. I'm sure they get into it in a later season or in a side story. Uh, you don't see him like actually grinding it out on like low level warthogs. Well, I think that that's what those, well, I already mentioned them, but shit, it's escaping me right now. What those side stories were, um, the progressives, the progressives go back and say, and I, and I, and I'm glad he went and did that. And, and gets more into detail about their path from floor one to floor 100 Mm -hmm. and breaks down some of the, the, you know, just, just gives you some more of the details of that whole journey that they went on, which I think is really cool and maybe has a little bit more in there with that. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and that's definitely, I think all decent means of controversy, but it's kind of funny for me because baby's first anime for me and baby never grew up. Baby, you know, (laughs) baby loves, Milk um, was Dragon Ball Z, yeah. you know what I mean? And Goku was, yeah, I mean, yeah, sure. He was kicked around a little bit or whatever, tested, but he was always just fucking kill. You know, yeah. at, at the end of the day, he fucking wiped them all out with a big smile on his face. like, And it was for funsies a lot of times for him. So, well, I want to take us back to the publication history. So all of this stuff I described is being written like way before the massive surge in popularity that this whole thing gets via the anime and um, and uh, there's even he has a e- uh, more successful work that happens before this becomes successful even though he wrote this before that I'm talking about Excel World so now it's 2008 Kawahara is 35 years old he's more confident than ever and way more trained in the art of storytelling and that is why he tries yet again finally after all this time after what seven years or whatever it is yeah. To finally tries his hand again at the Dengeki Novel Prize, and the work he chooses is called Excel World. Excel World tells the story of Haruyuki Haru Arita, a short, overweight boy who is bullied and ridiculed and escapes into a brain chip powered video game world where he learns of fighting game like competitions where he can use his skills to compete and earn prizes that will boost his brain's abilities. And this, of course, based on those college days where he was playing fighting games with his manga club. And um, he felt that the, those street fighting scenes would be incredibly dangerous if they were made. A reality. This is when he changes his pen name from Fumio Kunori to Reiki Kawahara. Why does he do that, Jake? Well, because he doesn't want the stink of failure to be on him because, you know, he already submitted to the, what I assume is the hot young amateur writing competition uh, as a 35-year-old man with several years of writing experience under his belt. So funny, yeah. So I, he's kind I, of I res- like... I'm like half like, oh, come on, dude. You know you're doing something skeevy. But half just being <laughs> like, fucking why not? Why not? Like, go for it. Shoot your shot. Go for it. It's, you're hey, never it too late. It worked, man. He wins the contest. He uh, the Where he messes up, I guess, but actually, again, ends up really working out for him in the end. He posts the announcement that he won the contest on his website with all the previous work that he had done. And this is what leads the editor, Kazuma Miki, to find all of this Sword Art Online stuff. This insane amount of work that he's been putting out over the past several years. Kazuma, the editor, Kazuma Miki, Miki um, said, when I printed out all the word files uh, that I received, the stack was as tall as my face when I placed it on the desk. And he ends up reading all of it, years and years of material. And, you know, Kazuma's so worried that he's going to be so pissed off at him for pretending to be this amateur, you know, young writer, uh, light novelist. And instead, Kazuma is not mad. In, in fact, Kazuma says, 
we got to publish this too. <laughs> this is great shit. And this starts this amazing domino effect for Kawahara. Kawahara said, the reason I managed to reach the decision to publish this was because the timing was so good. I had just finished writing. Society had just started becoming publicly aware of online games. And most of all, thanks to Miki Kazuma-san, I was shocked by how he managed to get through my manuscript, even with his busy schedule. I would never have been able to get this story published if it wasn't for these reasons. But if I didn't seize this lucky chain of events, I would never be a gamer. I mean, author. <laughs> that was the conclusion I reached. And I was finally able to get Sword Art Online 1 and a crad uh, published in paper. Kazuma also got a ton of help from the editor and made his work so much stronger, which he needed. Because at this point, I think a lot of the defense of Sword Art Online's weaker points comes from the fact that this fucking started decades ago. Yeah. Or whatever, you know, or at least a decade ago before it even came out and that, you know, so much has changed around in the space of anime, in the space of manga and um, the the sort of writings coming out uh, of Japan in that time. And so give the, give the guy a little slack. Kazuma said, my editor is fantastic. He would never raise his voice or get angry over any disagreements we may have. But he's also the kind of person who won't back down from an idea. As a result, when we don't see eye to eye, it becomes a very, very long conversation. But they have those conversations, and they iron this stuff out. And, you know, still, though, uh, there are big doubts about this being successful. Um, at the time, schoolyard stories were all the rage. This was not that. Fantasy tales were super lame at this point. Uh, this was definitely a fantasy tale. Um, and even the online part of the title, they were worried, oh, they're going to think this is like based on a video game. Oh, I thought it was exists. based on a video game when I first came across it. Uh-huh. And what's hilarious is, and we'll get to the games later, the video games later, is how the fuck, Jake, is there not been an actual MMORPG version of this game, of this, I'm sorry, of this anime? Because they cost... Uh, hundreds of millions of dollars to develop at the AAA level. And if you are building a hundreds of millions of dollar uh, AAA MMORPG, you would be an idiot to uh, have a huge chunk of your uh, profits go to licensing costs, mm, is why that has not happened. I'm just a baby. <laughs> but these standout elements were actually what helped it become a top seller. The illustrations, as I said before, were done by, I believe it's pronounced Abek. Oh, no, it's um, pronounced... It really uh, is no, 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 it's pronounced abeshi, abeshi, which is like ABC, which is like saying ABC in kanji. Abeshi uh, uh, would actually get mock-up illustrations from Kawahara and would work off of those. And uh, the first volume releases uh, were in mid two thousand nine in Japan. And though it's not a smash hit. It's considered a mid-level series with a super dedicated fandom. However, by 2012, with 10 volumes out, Sword Art Online becomes the highest-selling light novel series with Excel World as the second highest-selling. And we're talking in the like by a million. Like this thing is so much more popular in the light novel space than the third light most popular light novel. It's like ridiculous. So, then by 2017, over 20 million copies were in print world wide it's and that's where we get to our anime adaptation not only is it uh a huge hit it changes the face of the light novel world and then by extension the anime world by kind of uh canonizing the isekai genre which is another huge thing that people fight about on the internet but it basically boils down to uh, stories in which a hero from our world is transported by magical means into a, another fantasy world, not necessarily medieval fantasy like in Sword Art Online, but 
so many of them are in fact uh, kind of based on the premises that sword art builds up. There's stuff like uh, I was reincarnated as a slime, uh, overlord, uh, my mom is a two hit. I don't know all of them, but <laughs> the idea of the, uh, you know, out of place uh, modern person gets transported to a fantasy world uh, is been one of the most dominant genres in Japanese media since Sword Art Online. Like it hit, it shook the earth beneath its feet with its impact. So an anime adaptation is announced in 2011, produced by Aniplex and Ginkgo and animated uh, A1 Pictures. Tomohiko Ito is set to direct. His previous work includes Occult Academy, and later he would go do uh, go on to do the hit series Erased. You may have heard of that one. Erased is amazing. Yeah, Erased is fantastic. The soundtrack is composed by Yuki Kajiura, who did oh, oh boy, one of my favorites, Puella Magi, Madoka Magica, as well as other big trapped in an MMORPG anime series. Dot hack. Many folks love the first opening theme, by the way. It is an absolute banger. It's called Crossing Field. It's written by Sho Watanabe and performed by J-pop singer Lisa, uh, all caps LSA with the undercase I. Great, uh, fun music video for that as well. I really enjoy that. Great song. Definitely. Actually, let's get, let's get a little taste of Crossing Field right now, please, April. I wanted to throw in an audio sting, Holden, because uh, Yuki Kajiura's work in this anime really elevates it. Uh, the It creates an amazing sense of uh, pacing and place and uh, uh, just the action is elevated so highly because it has this like epic fantasy kind of feeling, but still also like familiar video game themes as well. And it all comes together so that when Kirito has both swords out and Asuna is doing the switch uh, tag team attacks and the monster is flailing all over the place, your blood is pulping. Um, April, if you can play from like, uh, I don't know, the middle of the track Swordland by Yuki Kajiura, like this is the level of hype that uh, Sword Art Online is capable of. Oh, side, uh, I'm sorry, one last thing. Yuki Kajiura Kukuka crossover. Uh, she also did the music for the Xenosaga games, a ah. previous episode, as well as Demon Slayer, Kimitsu yeah. no Yaiba, 
another previous episode. The first season covers the first two arcs in the novels, with the second covering the Phantom Bullet arc, and the third, the Alicization arc. It airs in Japan in mid-2012, at the same time it hit the US via Crunchyroll and Hulu. It also got the Toonami treatment in 2013. This is also key, super key. This was the rise of Crunchyroll. Crunchyroll finally broke through. Yes. And one of their must-have series was Sword Art, in addition to Attack on Titan and a bunch of other things that were part of this 2000s anime, 2010s anime boom. And another sign of the times, it gains even wider population to the more casual anime audience when it hits Netflix in 2014. Because, of course, Netflix also, Crunchyroll became kind of the more the diehard space mm. for anime. And then Netflix became a really good space for people less intense about it, but still wanting to enjoy their anime. And all of a sudden, Netflix, it was so weird when that happened. We were like, Netflix is now like an animated <laughs> place. Okay, I guess. Guess I'll watch JoJo's Bizarre Adventure on a app that works, I guess. <laughs> With the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com/activecash. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy sandwich, but you're the Fileo fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish, right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just six dollars. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba da ba ba ba. Kawahara's own work was actually informed by him watching the anime. Kawahara said, after watching the anime, I found myself seeing the characters in a different light. In the light novels, Kabao was uh, just a minor character, but he had so much presence in the anime. I wanted to write about what kind of player he was to have survived two years of SAO. He also wrote a short story based around a minor character, uh, Argo the Rat, after seeing her depicted in the show. So it's really interesting how it's kind of giving him feedback and and, and, jumping into his work. And it also helped him better realize the world he had created because finally he's seeing it with his own eyes for the first time. He said, in the light novels, describing the scenery wasn't one of my priorities. And I only only had the most stereotypical image of a generic fantasy realm. But the way Anacrod was depicted in the animation, it was brimming with exotic imagery. And I thought, this is the kind of atmosphere that I want to depict in the novels. And then we get the manga adaptation. Uh, it, it essentially comes out alongside the anime. It is just generally serialized along with each arc in the anime um, and timeline-wise. It was written by Reiki Kawahara and had different illustrators uh, all throughout. Nakamura Tamako, Zuki Tsubasa, Kotaro uh, Yamada, and Kaseki Himura, um, just to name a few. So just a bunch of revolving door of, of great illustrators coming in and out. There are also some side stories that were put out. Uh, we talked about Mother's Rosario, um, uh, stuff like that. Kawahara said, in caging her, I do have some... Oh, we already, already did that quote. Um it did get the, uh, by the way, that Mother's Rosario did get the animation treatment. I, I will say, it's not two. only that she gets caged, it's that she gets uh, just flat out molested in the last episode of that, or the second yeah. last episode of that arc. And it's really uncomfortable. It comes out of nowhere. 
and you're just like, fucking hell, <laughs> fucking Christ. I, as a baby, think that that might be okay. <laughs> I don't know. Um, you, have, you have no sense of morality. You're a baby, of course. It would be it would be foolhardy to hold you to any sort of standard like that. Well, what does General Opinus think about the whole situation? I, well, when you're in the heat of battle, sometimes a girl <laughs> right, gets grabbed. On. All right, please. War is holding. I'm General Opinus. I'm not here to sugarcoat it for you. It became Scottish so fast. It got so Scottish (laughs) without any hesitation. I'm here to talk about blood game fever. Ra, 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 ra. All right, Lady Gaga, it's please. That really cool when Kirito busts out two swords at once because he's the only guy in the game with the special skill of dual wielding. And he goes like, Aah! and he like goes slashy, slashy, <laughs> slashy. And then his life bar gets down to like almost zero. You see the little pip, but then like his eyes turn yellow and he's like, no, I won't let you get away with this. And then he starts this hacking him up even more. You, bro, you you've already shots have been fired, bro. It is not going to save you. And this baby says, "I'm here to watch the watch them destroy you." Uh. <laughs> Kawahara also worked on some dojinshi, uh, self published manga and short stories that served as additional supplemental material for the main Sao storyline back when he was publishing Sao on his website. And this gets later published under uh, Sword Art Online Material Edition. There's assemblage and remix um, that has all the supplemental materials. I guess this is all to say as we move into like all the different supplementals and all the other things. It is such a massive world that was built here. Such a huge, huge foundation of work that is it's sprawling and ridiculous. Like I think another thing that's great about being a fan of all of this, if you can overlook some of that stuff that we've mentioned before, that's maybe not so great. It's just like you got a ugh, just a wealth of material to get through in mm. as in light novel form and manga form and anime form and movie form and video game. It is just endless. Um, so yeah, uh, I mean, I have a section called cr- criticism, but I think we pretty much nailed it all. Is there anything we haven't covered when it comes to the criticism of the series that you'd want, like to highlight right now, Jake, as uh, a representative on your own that is not a representation of the two of us as a whole? I stand by my original thesis <laughs> statement that a lot of this is just me projecting uh, my own desires for anime to uh, move past a lot of the more embarrassing tropes that it uh, has displayed in the past. Tropes that I, as a younger man, thoroughly enjoyed and overlooked and defended uh, just as vehement, well, maybe not as vehemently. There are some really vehement defenders. And honestly, that's I, I, I can, you know, if you love this thing and everybody shits on it, you're going to get a little miffed about it. Anyway, um, you know, let he who is without anime sin cast the first stone. Let he who has never watched an anime where a cousin who is technically your sister, but not technically your sister, uh, uh, has huge boobs and like starts uh, pining for you in her underwear, (laughs) cast the first stone. It's, (laughs) it's, I, I, you know, I would be a hypocrite to like truly condemn anyone for like enjoying this because I have enjoyed (laughs) plenty of trash and by trash standards. From the music to the animation to the uh, pacing to a lot. It does a lot of things very well. And it's just sadly not the things that my old ass wants from an anime. I want uh, a Yuri on Ice where I can watch it with my lovely fiance and we can enjoy it together. And there's no weird moment where she's just like, oh, uh, I'm being incredible. I 
what's happening on screen is not fun for me right now because things like that have happened to my friends uh, throughout my life. And that's not uh, it's not nice. And again, this was all originally written between 2001 and 2008. It was a different time. I was saying terrible stuff on a podcast called Roundtable of Gentlemen back in those days. Uh, Kawahara himself has addressed this, by the way. He's gone as far as to apologize to the voice actors who had to portray these assaults in the anime. He is, he is definitely oh, spoken out about it. Oh, that was season three. That was real rough. That was real yeah. rough. And so, I mean, there is at least a little bit of that kind of recompense. But um, I mean, his do-over series is called Progressive. (laughs) Like, it's it's kind of on the nose. Yeah, there you go. Perfect segue. Sword Art Progressive, um, he puts this novel out uh, in order to go back to that first act and expand on it with more details about Kirito as he makes it through each floor. Kawahara said, actually, I had always been smoldered by a desire to write about how Kirito and his friends traveled through each floor, how they defeated the bosses and that's originally when i heard about the series and we started watching i was like oh that's what this is gonna be and then it just wasn't so i'm glad he went back and did that um sao alternative a gun gale online and clover's regret are another couple of works he puts out um this work takes place in the game depicted in sword art online 2 and the phantom bullet arc it was written by a different author it follows a new protagonist karen kohiriumaki she's uh she's a there's (laughs) like devil uh, even Sword Art Online, like uh, haters, will give Gun Gale Online's uh, uh, kind of credit. It does go it's into cool. more of the psychology. The main character is this like six foot tall, like uh, office woman who like is really self conscious about not being like the kind of cute uh, picture of Japanese femininity. So her in game character is this super kawaii pink girl with a P ninety uh, submachine gun <laughs> and like. Uh, you know, each character is given a little bit more space and it kind of uh, picks a topic in the relationship within VR and the real world where Sword Art will like have a great little monologue or have a throwaway line where you're like, oh, damn, that's like a really interesting point about how VR affects uh, the real world. Are we? No, we're not going to. Okay, we're just going to not revisit that. All right, cool. I mean, it was a fun thought. Yeah, it's really neat, though. And that does also get the manga and anime adaptation treatment. Um, that's Gung- uh, Sword Art Alternative Gun Game. Oh, they're going to tear uh, me apart. Fuck me. <laughs> yeah, Fuck yeah, dude. Me. You better just. You better just change your whole identity to General Opinus and just <laughs> completely go into witness protection at this I'm point. I'm just a wee military man. Me, I, I'd be covered in pee, laddie. And I'm a little baby. I'm covered. I play with my tiny feet and uh, make me giggle by uh, giving me little kisses on my cheek. Um, that's me, little baby Holden. Uh, the the also Clover's regret uh, centers around one of the VR games that the Sleeping Knights played before they went to Alfheim. And uh, that's pretty cool. Little side stories. There's just so many different side stories. There's also the movies. Sword Art Online, the movie Ordinal Scale, was released in 2017, directed by Tomohiko Ito and team from the anime sh- uh, series. It takes place directly after the events of Sword Art Online 2. It incorporates a new game system based in augmented reality. Uh, it was announced in 2015, which means it does actually predate the popularity of games like Pokemon Go. Um, and is really, really cool that like they were always ahead of of shit when it came to these different concepts for Sword Art Online. And uh, yeah, they're they're in the real world. And one of the fun things about that is um, Kiriko, uh, Kiriko Kiri- is tested majorly, huh? Kirito. Kirito, sorry. Kiriko is um, it's an ex. like mine. Dorito, but different. Uh, Kirito. Because he's a gamer. Uh, extra cheesy, uh, please. <laughs> loves 
to play the video game, but in the real world, he's not physically adept like he is in the game world and has to deal with that and isn't as badass in that sense. I think that's a really cool space to explore. And um, yeah, it's a great film. Check it out, definitely, if you're into all this or if this is getting you horny, baby. So, uh, I mean, what? Was that wrong? Well, you know what I mean? Horny for anime or, wait, I mean, yeah, like, yeah. you know, for storytelling <laughs> in a video game world. Um, Sword Art Online Progressive Aria of a Starless Night is an adaptation of the first three volumes of the Progressive Retellings. This was released in 2021. And on the horizon, we have Sword Art Online Progressive uh, Sherzo of a Dark Dusk, which uh, adapts another of the progressive stories. It's set to release sometime in 2022. Oh yeah, we didn't even mention the story starts in 2022. This all the the <laughs> the death game begins in 2022. I was like, oh shit, I love it. That's so crazy. I mean, I could see it. We're almost there. We're getting there. You know, VR has become pretty realized by this point. Yeah, in a lot of ways. Oh, I don't know how much. I mean, I played Half Life. I will say, I played Half Life Alex for like hours at a time like i i have been in a game world for in a vr situation for like multiple hours i mean taking little breaks here and there but it, it's it's possible that would actually be the worst i want to see that story where like it's exactly like sword art online but it's not like a sci-fi nerve gear that's connected to your brain it's like you're just you just have this like shitty headband on and yeah. you're like the worst like if you take it off you'll die and you're just like bumping into shit and like doctors yeah. are feeding you sandwiches while you can't see. <laughs> um, of course, there are a ton of games in the franchise, uh, but none actually in either VR or an MMORPG format, which I think is at least give a, give us a VR game uh, sort out online. That would be interesting. In fact, a lot of them are on handheld, uh, interestingly enough, is, is like their main release point. Infinity Movement, Hollow Fragment, Lost Song, and Hollow Realization. These are all action RPGs released mostly on like PSP and Vita all throughout the 2010s. They also got console releases, but I think most people were playing them on their, on their PlayStation handheld devices. There's an Excel World crossover with Excel World Verse Sword Art Online, Millennium Twilight. That's kind of interesting. Sword Art Online Fatal Bullet takes place in Gun Gale Online and therefore is a third-person uh, RPG shooter. Sword Art Online Alicization Lysaurus is the first game that actually has you play through a plot line of the show as Kirito in the Alicization arc, which is interesting. They got that far in the, into releases. Uh, before that, I think you're mostly creating player-made characters, and you're just in the world of Sword Art Online, but not necessarily playing through anything that happens in the anime per se. Probably meeting characters from it, this and that, but... Uh, the YouTuber Austin Eruption has done like kind of breakdowns and reviews of the entire... Uh, sword art game series that I found helpful. They seem like uh, licensed anime games in a MMORPG style, I believe is kind of how it works. Yes. They give you the illusion of it being MMORPG without actually being online a little yeah. bit. And that, that that's cool. I just feel like there's some wasted opportunity here with this being based in a video game world. I think, I think that I'm surprised there's not a more popular game of this series, but uh, I digress. 
Of course, Netflix, you gotta love them, but sometimes you want to leave them. Netflix, of course, has a live-action series in the works. Tell me something I don't know. Uh, This was originally announced in 2016 for Skydance Television, which is known for big action projects like Jack Ryan, as well as uh, the Mission Impossible films. It was was bought by Netflix in 2018. It's being at least written and executive produced by an interesting person, Leita Calogridis, who uh, has written stuff like Alita Battle Angel, the TV series Altered Carbon. She was the creator of that. And uh, and at least she is very outspoken about using Asian actors to play the lead roles and not whitewashing this thing. Uh, she said, when I sold it to Netflix, we were all on the same page. They are not interested in whitewashing it. I am not interested in whitewashing it. In terms of the secondary characters, because the game is meant to be global, the way it's presented in the anime and in the light novels, there are secondary characters that clearly are from other parts of the world. Um, to me, it's very obvious when you watch it that you're meant to take that this game spans the globe. But Kirito and Asu are very clearly located as kids from Japan and Tokyo, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, And one cool element that Skydance is doing, they're planning a virtual reality experience to accompany the TV series. That could be kind of neat, but that's kind of where we leave it. I also did love that apparently Ernest Klein, writer of Ready Player One, just kind of happened to come up with this very separately from... uh, (laughs) from uh, Kawahara, and they have since met up and had a, a good hangout together where they talked about just how crazy it is that they're from totally different parts of the globe, came up with the very similar concepts, and they actually do plan to work on a project in the future together oh. of some sort, which is kind of cool. But uh, It's yeah, just Ready I mean, Player One, but it's all anime references. <laughs> exactly. It's Space Jam 3, <laughs> and it's coming... Uh, out on of it's coming out on crackle and uh, we're really excited about it yeah i don't know it's interesting i i love the um i really love the animation of the show it just is very beautiful um i definitely think there are issues with it um i think that's pretty obvious but i also hope you diehards out there know that uh you know i also give it mad respect yo and i think it's a really cool concept and i think it's just a really lovely space to create great stories And, you know, I think you learn from the past. And I am willing to forgive people for past indiscretions in a creative space because I myself am even guilty of, you know, maybe uh, content not being um, as welcome today as it was back then uh, in terms of, you know, my own comedy and stuff like that. You know, so it's just, Mm. I don't know. I feel like if you could just at least be open to the fact that there is some valid criticism there as a fan, you can still appreciate and enjoy and continue to love the show and rewatch it over and over again. And, you know, have a great time with it just in context of like, Hey, we've, we've, uh, Hey, we've evolved, you know, and anime's evolved in a beautiful, wonderful way. And this is a really good example of like 2010s anime. And I'm excited for the future and I'm excited for the future of sword art online. I'm glad it's still going on. And, um, you know, and Jake's a bastard. He's like, oh, you know what I mean? He's an evil, evil man. And you should definitely let him know that uh, he's wrong about his opinions of Sword Art Online. I did not think we'd be throwing our hat <laughs> into one of the most sustained Donnie Brooks in anime fandom. <laughs> but I will say those first 10 episodes are exceedingly watchable, compelling, yeah. and great uh, stuff. It's uh, genuinely great. And the experience that I had going through as many, as much as the show as I could as quickly as possible seems to mirror a lot of what the critics have been saying. And I think it just boils down to whether you're one of those people that is like, man, I wish anime as a genre could be better. 
uh, by the standards that I deem better. Or you're one of those people that are like, anime is already fine. Like you're holding the uh, weird set of standards that it was never meant to sustain uh, is a very personal decision. And I just want everybody to be nice to me personally about it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right. General Opinus, uh, give us a final thought before we do the plugs. Well, oh, Lordy Holden, it's uh, we've reached <laughs> this pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. And oh, it's, uh, here's a little now. bit of old, of old Opinus wisdom for you. <laughs> Though you may be suffering the battlements of war and strife and internet arguments about anime, as long as ye hold your ground, you'll always be a winner of the battle. A winner. General Penis here, signing off. Hi, cha 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 cha. Hi, 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 uh, please, God, do so. <laughs> Lord knows we might have lost some listeners to this one. Uh, check us Hold out. Hold on, I'm just looking at my Twitter mentions. Anime fans are fine. The Irish are out to kill me. I have upset the Irish. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, lady, and, and little monsters everywhere want to murder me. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash whizbrew. We have weekly bonus episodes for just $5 a month. And for $15 a month, you can join us at our study session. Over on Discord, uh, we do uh, this weekly thing where we hang. And hey, last Sunday we watched episodes of Sword Art Online. Whatever we're researching that week, we will uh, cover in uh, as a group and uh, watch the show, watch the movie, look at the comic book, whatever it may be. And it's always a great time. And I love my community over there, uh, our community. And so check us out, Whizbrew on patreon.com forward slash Whizbrew. Also, twitch.tv forward slash Holdenators. Ho, uh, Holdenators, H-O. Um, that is my channel over on there. Monday, Tuesday, Friday streams. It's always a blast. And I love it when my Whizbrew fam comes in to chat and says what's up. Twitch.tv forward slash Holdenators. Ho, Jake. I uh, got to press the flesh on that Patreon once again. It is uh, the best slash uh only way to keep the podcast going uh uh the bonus episodes i think we've been doing a lot of really fun stuff a lot of great conversations over there uh we have interviews with guests that uh you never heard on the podcast before we have all sorts of great stuff uh you know if it's the uh, you know you you ran through this episode you're like i g- give me more i need more of that whizbrew goodness you can find it right on over on patreon.com forward slash whizbrew i do a vtuber thing i won't go into the full pitch we've already been talking for a while uh youtube.com slash Puppet Jared. That's right. I'm a talking cartoon avatar. Uh, every Thursday is the Cartoon Dumpster, where we watch weird, old, uh, usually bad uh, cartoons from the 80s, 90s, and 2000s. If you like the show, I think you'll enjoy that stream. Thursday night. Check it out. I love it. And hey, never stop bruising. And keep on whizzing. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com.
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home.